Welcome to Thrive Deeper, the show based on the Thrive Bible Reading Guides. This is an ongoing conversation about God's Word with Thrive's author, Dr. Matthew Jacoby, and your host, DJ Payne. G'day, this is Thrive Deeper, your favourite Bible study podcast, episode 119. It's your old mate DJ Payne here. And on this episode, Matthew Jacoby and I sit down and get into Deuteronomy. This is Deuteronomy Part 1. We're going to spend two episodes on the book of Deuteronomy. This is a very special book. It is the final book in the Torah. It is the final book of the five books of Moses. And on this episode, we're going to try to cover a bit of a bird's eye view of this book. And in the next episode, we're going to dive down a little bit deeper into it. Also, we've got a lot of exciting news happening on our social media front. If you've ever wanted to know what's happening with Thrive Deeper on Facebook and on Instagram, well... All your questions are going to be answered in this episode of Thrive Deeper. So pull out that Bible, open it up to the book of Deuteronomy as Matthew and I sit down on this episode of Thrive Deeper. Matthew, if nothing else, you and I are a couple of Bible nerds. Mm, And I say that in the nice... Is that a nice thing? Is that a good... Are we not cooler than that? <laughs> Maybe in your mind we're cooler. I'm under than this that. oppression that we're ju- under this impression that we're just the coolest people. Well, I hate ever. to burst your bubble, but uh, I I sometimes honestly look at my life and go, How, man, I'm a Bible nerd. Like mm. I, I look at a bi- like sacks of Bibles that I'm uh, you know as I'm moving everything in and out of the studio, I've got all these Bibles. Even my wife was like. Oh, you've got a problem. You know, there's uh, too many yeah, Bibles yeah, here. Yeah. I know why you're saying it because of our conversation about uh, about uh, audio Bibles. I know, we're, and we're, and you, yeah. you, you've walked in here and you're yeah. raving about an audio Bible, and I'm raving. <laughs> right. and, and I'm like, okay. you beat me to the punch. I I'm, concede. <laughs> I concede. We are the biggest Bible nerds. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah. so let's take a moment as we uh, be, before we get into uh, you know the meat of uh, of today's episode. Um, let, let's give a bit of a rave here about mm. the, you know, there's a million different Bible apps and, and Bibles yeah. and everything else we can talk about, but you're in love at the moment with one particular yeah. uh, narration of the Bible. Yeah, that's right. David Suchet's uh, reading of the uh, NIV, he does Old and New Testament. Uh, David Suchet, I think is S-U-C-H-E-T. Uh, he is the guy that plays Poirot on, uh, you know, he's a British actor. It's <laughs> okay. a very British uh, kind of reading. I, I actually love. I, I love you like that. that British yeah, accent. That's right. Uh, but it's just a beautiful reading, and I've been listening through uh, a number of books of the Bible, and it is really the difference between reading and listening is a really important difference, actually. Well, that, well, that, I mean, I think it's good to do both, but I, I'm just well. Let's pin that right there for I'm one second it. because I want to give a massive shout out yeah. to the to the Bible app called Dwell. You've heard me talk about it before. D-W-E-L-L, Dwell. Yeah. Uh, it was a Kickstarter project originally by these two brothers. Mm. And they've created, I think, for any you know 
phone platform, uh, the best audio Bible mm. experience. Multiple translations. You can read along now in the latest mm. version. It, it is a subscription based. If you get, you can try it for free, but then you have to get a subscription base. Mm. I am working with. Uh, I've been speaking to one of the brothers who created it about getting a, a code that we can give out on Thrive yeah. so people can get it as, at a discounted yeah, rate, yeah. which would be great. But a wonderful way. And I am for someone who just loves reading through the Bible again and again and again and again. The audio, listening to the audio mm. of of the, you know the Bible being read to me. Yeah. In these different translations and different accents. It's amazing app because you choose your translation, yeah. choose your accent. Yeah. You know you can change yeah. it to go in, in midstream. It's pretty it has it's pretty, the text come up as yeah. it's been as it's, it's being read. It's really, really cool. Yeah. But I mean, I want to echo you uh, and this is where we're gonna get into the meat yeah. of today's episode. Um the uh going through Deuteronomy. Yeah. I mean, Deuteronomy sets, starts off with Moses sitting down. So you listened, Moses. did you listen to it as well? Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Because I, well, I, I, I don't know why I, I just, I think um, I, it just occurred to me, I might, I might try listening to it. And, and I, uh, because I, I'd read it not that long ago and the, it, the experience. Uh, totally different. Yeah. It's a, it's a different kind of experience and it's probably much truer to how it was originally experienced. I, I, I mean, because at the beginning of the book is, is Moses sitting down with this new generation yeah. and saying, and the whole book is basically a s- sermons by Moses. Yeah. And so me listening to it, I made me feel like I was one of the people sitting there at Moses' feet. Yeah. Listening to this experience. Yeah. Yeah, and me was, too. Yeah, that's was, right. And again, the same as you. I was like, when I heard something, I was like, "What? I, I've never heard that before." Yeah, and, I'm, and I realized I've read it a hundred times, but I've, but listening to it well, activates yeah. a different part of your brain. And, and or particularly something. if 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 it's being read by someone who's a really good reader, yeah. and and this is what I love about David Suchet's reading. He's he's actually a very strong Christian, and but he he reads this with such beautiful emphasis yeah. and and. Uh, and as I've heard, because I've listened down through the years, a number of different audio Bibles, yeah. and, uh, and and it does bring another dimension of it out. I, maybe it's because I can be quite analytical when I read, or, or because just reading, you know, text is just text, mm. and it being read to you brings uh, that subjective element yes. into the experience of the text. It, it, I find myself imagining more. Yeah, like it, it, it sort of sparks yeah. that imagination part of my brain yeah. when I'm. It's quite a it. different experience. Yeah, yeah. What well, again? While we're down the Bible nerd <laughs> yeah. hole, um, do you find yourself when you're when you say when Matt Jacoby says I'm reading the Bible? Yeah, I imagine you on a screen. Ah, uh, yeah, I read on on like a yeah Bible app. Yeah, and on an iPad or yeah, on or, an iPad. Uh, yeah, generally on my iPad. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and I do that because you know I can I can drop in notes and I yeah. and and everything and I've look in the past I've you know I lo- I used to love my wide margin Bibles and I'd get those and and I I would always treat my Bible like a workbook so yes. I've got a pile of Bibles at home yeah. that I've used up yeah. so to speak they're great uh, and they're just full of notes and yeah. and everything um, uh, but now it's just an ongoing thing uh, on on the app but one the great thing about the app. Uh, too, because I it's mine is associated with a big, very big Bible program called Logos uh, Bible Software. That'd be the biggest and, one. Yeah, it'd be one of the biggest ones. Yeah. yeah, and it has, and so I can just pull in, uh, you know, par- a parallel commentary, or if I yes. wanted to check up something or different translation. You know, what, what does that mean? Right or I can I can press on a word and and 
you know, or I can flip to the original language and yep. and see what it's saying there or whatever. Yeah. So that's that's how you experience it. I, I'm still, yeah, I'm still a paper guy. Yeah, you are. You love your paper. I, bibles, I love my yeah. paper bi- bibles. Yeah. I mean, I, I I go between. I find myself lately for all my apps and everything that I've got and all my bibles. <clears throat> I have been spending a bit of time on Bible Gateway. Mm. You know the, yeah, the website, yeah, yeah, which is and, good, yeah, yeah, and and again, I don't, I, again, who's looking, who's reading Bible on a yeah. website? Me, of yeah. course. So I'm finding myself flicking through that, but yeah, I do. There's still something really. I'm I'm going to use the word religious for yeah. me in, in a positive sense. Yeah. I feel like I'm entering something sacred when I pull open the Bible and yeah. I open the pages up and I'm going through that. There's still something yeah. really. You know, for some people, yeah. they might go. Oh, come on, hurry yeah, up! Yeah, may, may, maybe I'll go. I'll go. I'll go get myself another <laughs> wide margin Bible and do that again uh, one day. Oh yeah. dear! All right, so that's our setup. There you go. There you, you know who you're listening to. Welcome if you if you're brand new to to Thrive. You know who, you, who you're dealing with here. I'm DJ. We got Matt Jacoby on the other side there, and um, we are in our. We've got a two part series on Deuteronomy mm. coming up. Mm. This is part one. Part yeah. two in a fortnight. And we're doing something a little bit different. We're really going to try. We've said we're going to do this in the past, but now yeah. we're really going to try. We, we're not going to go, for the sake of, you might look at the title of this podcast, and like we do with all of the Thrive Deeper podcasts, we try to put uh, the chapters of the books that mm. we're doing. Yeah. Well, this will just be the first half of numbers, and the next week will be the second half of numbers, but we're not going to actually do that, okay? So yeah. Warning, yeah. the warning label is, don't, list, don't, don't look at yeah. the uh, title there. We're going to go today in a really big picture mm. of, of some of the big themes. General in, features of General Deuteronomy. features of, yeah. of, of Deuteronomy. And then- Next week, we're going to pick up on a couple of uh, really some of the sore sticking points, some of the yep. issues that people yep. have with Deuteronomy, and we'll yep. sort of deep dive into that. Mm. So to give the bigger picture around Deuteronomy, um, uh, uh, where we have here, this is the last, the final book in the books of Moses, mm. the book the, otherwise known as the Torah, yep. otherwise known as the Pentateuch, yep, that's right. uh, which is the five books, uh, you know, um, that we that we uh, ascribe to Moses yep. as 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 the author, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. This is the fifth mm-hmm. and final book, and this is no spoilers here. The end of Moses's life. This is yeah. the end of Moses's ministry, uh, his life. Spoiler here at the last chapter: Moses dies. Yeah, that's uh, right. Um, and so, w- when you say we, we uh, Moses is the author. Clearly, throughout the text, God says to Moses, yes. "Write this down. Write that down. Write this down." So, so Moses is writing things down. What we also know is that there is a final editor, yes. like it'll say, "And this has been there to this day." Yes. Of course, you get uh, Moses' own death is yeah. narrated uh, yeah. in in the book. So, yeah, so Moses didn't write it down; <clears throat> his own death, and yeah. then said, "There we go, guys. Put that in. I'm about. I'm off. I yeah, go to die." Right. So, there's obviously um, narrators. And yeah. um, who are outside of Moses yeah. speaking in. Yeah, like a final editor who puts, you know, is putting yeah. uh, things into their final form. So so we have Moses. So I always say when I talk about these five books of Torah, I say Moses and the team. Yeah. You know, Moses yeah, and yeah. his team yeah. uh, were working, on, right. yeah. working on these books together. Um, and uh, so this is the end. This is a very special uh, uh, book when it comes to uh, a lot of Jewish ideas, a lot of Jewish mm. tradition and things that we'll see throughout the scripture, but just to give you a context, if you're new to this, if this is your first time diving into the Bible and everything, this is 
uh, the final part of the life of Moses. And so we have the idea that the Israel was in Egypt for 400 years, roughly, um, and they prospered, uh, you know, they, they were really prosperous for a time. And then under a new Pharaoh, they were they were made to be slaves. Mm. Um during that time of slaves, Israel was under great persecution, and out of that persecution came Moses, mm. um, a, a very special child, you know, uh, one of the Levite clan, uh, one out of the 12 mm. tribes of Israel. Moses ends up, as you know, of some of the movies and the stories, ends up running away from Egypt, uh, gets married, has children, spends 40 years out there being a shepherd, and then God calls him back to meet his brother Mm. and to meet the rest of the family and to take Israel out of Egypt. Mm. That happens. God does miraculous things. Famous story of the Exodus. Yeah, Yeah, the the amazing, Mm. amazing Exodus. And God takes them out. He provides for them, does amazing things, but Israel will not obey Mm. and they complain and they complain bitterly. In fact, Mm. there's, uh, you know, uh, rebellions against Moses continually. (laughs) And so God finally has enough and he says, Okay, that's it. All of the generation 20 years older and now mm. will wander through the wilderness for 40 years and die in the mm. wilderness. And then yeah. it's that next generation who are 20 yeah. and up who will be coming in and take yeah. the land. And that's pretty much yeah. what has happened. Which is, which is what necessitates uh, this uh, Deuter- Deuteronomy um, means, yep. you know, the, se- the second – well uh, – Deutero is number two, two yeah. uh, and Duo. law. It's not that it's a second law; it's yeah. the second giving of the law. Yeah. Because of course you've got a new generation. Yeah. So the the generation that had received the Ten Commandments from Mount Sinai, yes. Uh, you know Exodus chapter twenty and following, they've passed away. So this is now uh, a kind of second Sinai moment. You yeah. know here uh, on the other side of of, of the Jordan. Uh, Moses stands up and and again communicates to this next generation. Uh, it's an amazing God's purposes and yeah, and God's yeah, law. exactly. He t- he t- so it's a lot of history. It's Moses yeah. retelling the story. Yeah. It's Moses then retelling the law, as you said, the second yeah. giving of the law, and also clarifying some things, reminding him what's going to be important yeah. as they enter into the new <laughs> land. What yeah. laws are going to be important with that? Yeah. And then. Um, you know, and then finally, the end of it is 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 well, straight up prophecy. Yeah. You know, the end of it that we might get into is Moses saying, "This is what go- is going to happen, both good and bad. Yeah. In the future, be prepared yeah. for this and this and this." And that's and and I think an important point here is that when we talk about law, and the, the Hebrew word is Torah. Yeah. Uh, when we speak of the law, it's not just lists of rules. Yeah. We're actually talking about a covenant. Uh, so this is something. Yeah. Uh, something much more relational. It's it's a, a joining together of two parties, mm. uh, where God says, "Here's so it's you know the covenant is very much a God saying, I want to bless you. Mm. This is my purpose for yes, you. This yes. is who I want you to be. But in order to step into that, mm. uh, in order for that to happen, you need to stick with me. You need to walk with me closely with me because yes. if you don't, uh, it's it's going to be very polarized for you and and uh, and, and it's going to go very badly. So, yeah. um, so it's actually not just God telling his people what mm. they should and shouldn't do. It's actually God saying to them what he is actually promising to do. Like primarily, it is in the context of the fact that God wants to bless them. Amen. Okay. Uh, God is making 
uh, is announcing his purpose, announcing his promises. Um, but, you know, in the same way as God said to Abraham, leave your country and your father's household and all of those customs behind yeah. and come and, you know, follow me and walk with me. Yeah. He's basically saying the same thing uh, to these people. He's saying, you're going to stick with me. And the laws really are, uh, this is how we stick with God. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I want. I, I am. I am. I don't want to use the right word here. So there's something that God's saying. I. Um, I greatly yeah. desire. Yeah. A relationship with you. I yeah, greatly yeah. desire. Yeah, that's right. To manifest myself amongst you and bless the world yeah. through you. Yeah. This is how we do it. Yeah, that's right. And I am inviting you into this. Yeah. This is good. And Moses, this is the amazing thing about this book. If you know, you sometimes say. Uh, you know, you'd want to have a mentor, a spiritual mentor. We long, maybe it's just me as a man. Yeah, I think it might be a masculine thing sometimes to want a strong mentor to guide you through life. Mm. And I've have wanted that all my life. I've mm. wanted to have strong elderly mm. spiritual elders. God's blessed me with a couple. Mm. And I think, man, if only you could sit at the feet of you know spiritual people, and you go, well, who is in in the world of Christianity, in the world of Judaism, even in you know the Abrahamic faiths, as, as yeah. people want to call it, one of one of the top three most holiest mm. people is Moses. Yeah, and you know, and, and again, not without his uh, not not perfect, no. uh, but but he is he really, and in in fact, in the book of Hebrews, he, he is the one uh, against whom Christ is compared. Yes. To get because for the Jewish people Moses was the greatest. There was no one greater than Moses. Exactly. So actually, there's quite a bit of um, effort given to actually showing that Christ there actually is one, and that is Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, you know, and, so and, Moses is held up in high esteem. Exactly. Scripture. So for so for the Jewish mindset, Moses was the pinnacle. Yeah. And you hear that in Jesus when he's talking. Yeah. He often says to them, talks to them about Moses and Abraham. Yeah, that's right. Or, and of course, or, the other one is Elijah, Moses and Elijah. And this yeah. is why on the Mount of Transfiguration, it was Moses and Elijah that appeared with Christ yeah. uh, at, that, at that moment. Uh, you mention these, uh, you know, great pillars of faith. Yeah. And the greatest presented at different times in the Bible is Moses. Mm. My point being... That the times in my life where I've wanted a mentor and to hear a mentor's heart towards God and what he would say to me, I think I have finally found it in the book of Deuteronomy. Mm. I've been listening to this book and imagining myself mm. at the feet of Moses and hearing his heart. And it's not, it is, it is, it is a heart full of love. Is it, a, it's a heart full of grace. It's a heart full of, pleading but it's also a stern heart yeah well it's it's the heart of god being expressed really i mean yeah. the, um, deuteronomy and, and i think um yes while this is moses let's not overplay the moses thing because yeah. what is very evident uh from the text is that this is god speaking oh, uh, through moses and and one of the things that that really struck me and and actually this is this is a listening thing this is through listening to it was the the combination sort of paradoxical perhaps combination of the the tenderness of god oh such tenderness you know oh that their hearts would be inclined to love me god is saying things like this uh he's calling his people to him to walk with him it's so tender you know and yet it has also some of the harshest 
stuff as well. It's like the sternness of God uh, is present here as well. So there's this real polarization here in this book. And you've got both of these things, these elements present. This is what stood out to me. So it's God saying, almost pulling his people in really close. It's like you stay right here. I'm, I'm holding you in really close. Because if you take one little step outside this embrace, it literally is going to be hell. Yeah. And it's, it's like, is there anything there in between? Well, there's not really anything in between. And, and the fact, so for example, the fact that God says and and this sense of the holiness of God that that draw and he's he's drawing his people into this holy place this place of intimacy yeah. where they nevertheless experience the holiness of God mm. and there is this sense here that in that place there's there's this uh, experience of reverent fear not fear as in run away yeah. uh, but fear as in stick close yeah uh, and um, you know so for example you know he says to his people, if anyone in one of your towns brings out an idol, but it's like, you know, like that's such a serious thing. Oh. And, and, and you know, because again, remember, there are real demonic powers behind the idols and yes. all of this sort of stuff. And so if someone brings, uh, this is the level of holiness yeah. in your town, brings out an idol, uh, that ho- it's it, and it's just so it seems so over the top. Mm. That whole town, if if there's idolatry in that town, the whole town has to get everyone destroyed. Everything, everything that bre- the whole town has to get leveled and must never be built on again. Yeah. It's like, is that a massive overreaction mm. or is this really that serious? Yeah, and I think one of the keys to reading through Deuteronomy, you're going to struggle if you think that the sins that are being described, for example, idolatry, if you think it's really not that bad, yeah. or we as human beings really aren't that responsible, yeah. you're going to really struggle with the book of Deuteronomy because what's clear is that, no, it really is that bad yeah. uh, to reject God for an idol, to turn to idols instead of God. It, it really is that bad, and we're really that responsible. So if we do that... I mean, you know, your, well, your whole town, yes. your whole tribe. I mean, this is the issue uh, in, in cases where, and we're going to see this in, in Joshua, you know, when at one point, you know, three tribes go back over the Jordan to there, you know, and, and, and there's a rumor that they hear that they have set up an altar. And so all the tribes come to go and destroy these three tribes, yeah. you know, in a panic, right? Because yeah. they think this might be a pagan altar. Yeah. And, and in, anyway, it turns out that it's not. Yeah. But... They're ready because they re- realize that if even one tribe, if one clan sets up a pagan altar in their midst, the whole nation could be destroyed because of that one thing. It's like, could we be that responsible? You know, you think of situations where this person and their whole clan or their whole family are destroyed because of idolatry. It's like, oh, we struggle with that because we think, oh, one, Surely it can't be that bad. Yeah. And two, surely we can't be that responsible yeah. that our actions could have so much consequence for others. And there's, and there's one other aspect I will put in there. You, you know, that those two first points are there, but there's a little subtle one for me in the third bit, and you mentioned it before, in the, in the, in the concept of, a, of an embrace with God. Mm. I, my mind, as I've been listening to it, I realise that in the past I've, I've thought of, God saying, 
if you leave the embrace, you'll be cursed. Yeah. Like if you leave, yeah. if you leave this embrace, this is where blessing is. Yeah. If you leave this, leave, and I've, and yeah. I've, in my mental state, I've been concentrating on, well, that's not fair. Yeah. You know, uh, leaving and getting cursed. I mean, that's pretty full on. But then and it I, is when the curses are described, it's full it, on. It, it is yeah, full yeah. on. It is full on. But then I've realized I'm looking at it through the wrong thing. Listening to Moses speak, I hear the heart of Moses saying, as one who's experienced it, saying, no, you're concentrating on the, right, on the wrong thing. If you knew the blessing yeah. that was here, yeah. closeness to God, mm. the concept in your head of wandering out of that mm. Wouldn't even be there. Yeah. Like you're concentrating on the wrong thing, and it shows me yet again how broken and twisted and rebellious my heart is. Yeah. And not to, you know, I know we're doing a big overview, but to cut to the end of the chase, Moses realizes it too. Yeah, about himself. Yeah, and about all the people to come. Yeah, and the rest of the world yeah. that God is going to have to do something drastically different from what we even have. Yeah, to yeah to work on this heart thing. That's oh. right. And I think that the takeaway. For me, when I listened to the whole book, uh, and I listened to it in a couple of, uh, you know, couple of different occasions, I think in a couple of drives, uh, long drives, and I, I came away with this impression that I have been taking this far too lightly, and I and I feel like I ascribe you know a fair bit of seriousness to it. Yes, but I I was quite, um, I found it sobering, really quite sobering. Because I thought, oh no, this is really serious stuff. Uh, I, I, I'm now rethinking what I expose myself, what I do, how I, you know, like I, there's a whole lot of things in my life that I'm rethinking. Is is this uh, idolatry? Is it, like is this idolatry? Is this? Am I turning the wrong way with this? Am I allowing too much of this? Be, because you know, coming from a book that says. If even someone in your town brings out an idol, you know, carves an idol and sets it up, the whole town needs to be raised to the ground and it shall never, ever be built on again. Mm. You know, I just came away thinking, I think I, I take this way too lightly. I, I, I think I have far too casual an attitude. And, and it, it, for me, it, something clicked, actually. And, and, and I feel like something broke through for me. It was almost like God was saying this sense of, okay, now you're starting to get it. Now you're starting. It's almost like now you're ready to actually know me as God because it actually is that important. And I really am that holy. Yeah. Are you ready? Are you, you know, it's like this is the fear of the Lord, not scared of God, run away from God scared, but a fear of the Lord, an absolute reverence. and, And the fear is a sense of absolute regard. That makes me run to God and doesn't dare put one finger outside that zone of of blessedness. Yeah, and yeah. and and what you're saying is is that there is an immense sense of blessedness oh. and in the embrace of God, the love and the care and the tenderness and the promise in that place is is just superlative. Yeah. Uh, and yet you put one take you know, one leg outside of that and so much of the blessing just begins to drain away. And, and the reverse of that is true. And and this is what I really got, again, by listening to it that I didn't really get before. Moses says in the, in, in the like, he basically prophesies and, and he says at different times, you know, 
about the curse. Yeah. If you walk away from God, there's going to be curse, and you're going to be gone, and you're going to be scattered, yeah. and you're going to be. And we we yeah. know from history the, all these things happen. Yeah. And you're going to be this, and you're yeah. going to be. There's going to be a remnant. There's going to be hardly anybody. There's yeah. going to be a few of you. There's going to be nothing. There's going to be this, and yet, yeah, God is never far away. Like he, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like the same thing. Like just a pinky. There's so much grace. There's yeah. just a pinky wanting to get back to the blessing. Oh, you're back in the blessing. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it's 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 such a in this in this yeah. thing. There's such a you know the blessing is all there if we want to jump into it, and the curse is all there if we jump into it, and it really doesn't. See, see, yeah. I think I think this is part of. Part of the problem here is the way that we take that the grace mm. evident in there. I, I feel like it's there's this misapplication of this idea that you just ask God and He will forgive you and restore you. Yeah. So, so what we can tend to do is is we tend to adopt an idea of grace. It's what Dietrich Bonhoeffer actually referred to it as cheap grace. Wow. Um, this idea that ah, oh, your God will forgive me and it'll be all right, and and almost this sense God doesn't take this too seriously. Yeah. No, no. No, he took this serious enough to actually come to us in Jesus Christ and suffer on a cross. Yep. So this is this is actually a really serious business. And when I say that, you know, when I talk about the sense of blessing draining out, uh, I mean, I think there's this sense it, that we that we're just always blessed no matter what we do. Uh, you know, if you wander off and and almost this sense of taking for granted the grace of God. Yeah. Um, but no, no, you have to stick with God very, very closely to for your life to bear the fruit of blessedness. Let me put it that way. Yeah. You know, uh, this sense of, you know, Jesus, I am the vine, you are the branches. Remain in me. You've got to remain in me. Yeah. Uh, that's the key. Uh, and and so there there is this sense uh, in Deuteronomy of the, the you know, the, the incredible seriousness of that, that you, you almost have to, and, and I would recommend actually listening to the whole thing in, 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 if you can, yeah, if you can. like listen to it in, in, in a couple of, at least a couple of big chunks yeah. and get the seriousness of, you know, e- even the fact that and next, uh, in the next episode of Thrive Deeper, we'll talk about the invasion mandate, yes. uh, which is one of the big issues. You know, you, it's like, you need to, you need to completely wipe out Everything, everyone, it's like, and you think, and of course it's, it's a, it's a, um, it's sort of a prefigurement of the final great judgment in a sense. It's a, it's a, it's a one-off prefigurement of that moment because the, the promised land is like a prefigures actually a new heavens and a new earth. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so that the conquest, and so we'll say more about that in the next episode, but you just get this sense of God purging. There is this purging, uh, and so, with that comes this sense of the holiness of God, that there is this sort of demonic religion that's taken such a deep root in that culture and in the people and the society yeah. uh, that it's just all got to be completely, you can't even, you know, you can't even leave the animals alive and, and put all, the, and you know, it says, you know, take all of the, plant, you know, all of the, in these particular, some of these particular towns, yeah. and they may have been towns that were particularly given over to idolatry pile up ev- all the stuff in the center and just burn it Everything. and walk away yeah pull the se- you know pull the town down like Jericho never be, <laughs> be rebuilt again yeah. you know there are these it's the, the extremity of it because uh, of the holiness of God and the unholiness of what was going on there uh, so that the that impression 
hasn't for me been a negative impression. Yeah. Because because it's always against the backdrop of this grace of God, as Jesus says, gathering his children together as yeah. a as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. This is what is happening in Deuteronomy. It's so heartfelt. It's so tender. Yeah. But there's such an urgency to it. It's it's. I love the fact that your mind, Matt, you quoted Jesus a few times there. You yeah. see, you see. Jesus echoing what Moses is echoing here in in oh hundred percent Jesus says do not fear him who can harm the body yeah but uh, fear the one who can uh, you know who can destroy both body and soul in hell yeah you know in Gehenna I mean this is like you know Jesus is doing the same choose life as yeah. he's doing the same thing as Moses yeah uh, you know if your hand causes you to sin cut it off it's better you know to enter life maimed than to go into hell with it's just like uh, the 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 you know Jesus. Lest we think that this is just old, uh, all of that harsh Old Testament stuff. Yeah. No, tender, loving Jesus brings about the same polarizing effect, yeah. you know, that same expression of, on the one hand, the harshness of God, the sternness of God, and on the other hand, the, the tenderness and the grace and the love. We see that uh, in the person of Christ as well. I love, I love that. All right, so there you go. Big words from Matt there. And this is all coming out of, and I want to re- reiterate this because I've heard some of your complaints. You're tired of going through these books of Moses. So I know, you know, people have been reading Thrive and stuff are like, really? And I, I don't, and I know that some of you might be going, really, Matt, you got that out of Deuteronomy? You got that out of Deuteronomy? I don't want to, I want to, and I want to encourage you and say, yeah, that's exactly what I've been getting out of Deuteronomy as well. Yeah. Like, this is such a deep, Heartfelt book from both the heart of Moses yeah. and the heart of God, yeah. and it's and it's and it's rattled me in a sense that I'm excited about it. It's that God rattling yeah. about it here. So that's the big overview. Let's take a quick break. We've said a lot. We've said a lot about the big overview. We'll take a quick break. Uh, I've got some important information for you. We'll be back in a moment and thrive deeper as we go through the Book of Deuteronomy. It is your old mate DJ Payne here. And yes, I know how this goes. I interrupt in the middle of the show and you want to skip ahead. You want to hit that skip button on your podcast player. Look, please just listen. It's my biggest fear that you just skip ahead here. I know what the usual thing is. I'm telling you to give. I'm telling you to do this. I'm telling you to click here. But I've got a little agenda for us today. I've got a little agenda, a few points. And this is our little business meeting together. Okay. So, so listen up. If you're a business owner or you're doing something exciting in ministry, or maybe you've got a podcast yourself, listen closely. You've heard the Thrive Podcast, Thrive Perspectives and Thrive Deeper in the middle of every episode that we put out that goes out to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people around the world. Would you like to advertise? Would you like to buy these middle slots of advertising? We'd love to be able to partner with you and get your ideas, your business, your ministry, whatever it is that you're doing out to the people. Maybe you've got something to advertise. Maybe it's a brand new album. Maybe it's a brand new song. Maybe it's a YouTube channel. Whatever it is, get in contact with us. We would love to sell you some advertising and get your message out there. 
Now, the other thing I'd love you to know is that we have an Instagram account now. Instagram, just search for thrivetoday.tv on Instagram. We're doing some great stuff over there. And we are changing our Facebook page and our Facebook group. Well, actually, the Facebook page is staying the same. If you look for uh, Thrive Today, uh, the Thrive Today page on Facebook, you'll find it there. That's a public page for to follow everything that we're doing. But we're changing our groups. We're basically getting rid of our groups and just having one private Thrive supporter group. That means if you are a financial supporter to what we do at Thrive, and you can do that for as little as $5 a month over at thrivetoday.tv, part of the part of the bonuses, part of the attraction of wanting to do that is you now get access to our private Thrive supporters group. We're putting videos on there. We're putting exclusive content on there. We're putting great stuff on there. We want you to take part of it. All right, so all you need to do is head over to thrivetoday.tv and become a supporter. All right, that's the agenda. That's it for now. So did you get that? The agenda is advertising is open. Uh, We've got an Instagram account and Facebook is changing. All of that, let's get back into the show now on Thrive Deeper. Deeper episode 119. It's your old pal DJ here with Matt Jacoby and Matt. We are going through the book of Deuteronomy. I feel like we've just given the biggest, like, personal overview over this book. Yeah, well, we're not really going through it, we're, we're hovering over the top. Uh, looking at a, a very big picture. Yeah, yeah. So as we as we uh, you know get into it, we've we've sort of given you a bit of a you know an outline what it is. It's this sermons by you know speeches by um, you know heartfelt addresses by the you know one of one of the pillars of the faith Moses himself mm. to this next generation of Israel as they're about mm. to enter the promised yeah. land. And I think a good place to start is probably one of the key passages in Deuteronomy um, is in, in Deuteronomy chapter six. Mm. Right at the beginning uh, of Deuteronomy chapter six is where uh, we have what some translations will call the greatest command. Uh, others, the Jewish faith, call it the Shema because it, it mm. takes from the, the Jewish word right at the beginning here. But it's basically, uh, you know, from Deuteronomy uh, six four depending on the translation that you have, Moses saying to the whole generation of Israel, listen, Israel, Mm. the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These words that I'm giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead, write them on your doorposts of your house and on your gates. Mm. That big, yep. that's like the opening gambit for Moses yeah, and it, in this. It really sets the tone uh, for the book of Deuteronomy. It's actually what I love about the Deuteronomy is the book of Deuteronomy is the focus on the heart. Yeah. Um, God is after the hearts of his people. This is not just, just do this. It's not just a code of ethics. And, you know, so that the main thing is that you just do the right thing and you'll be right. No, 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 that's not what this is after. All of, all of the imperatives are asking for an attitude of the heart. 
you know, oh, that my people would love me, that they would fear me in the sense of reverence and awe, uh, that they would, and, and even, I mean, the word Shema, listen, it has, has this strong sense of heed, obey, yeah. this idea of obeying, of, of listening isn't just listen to, but really heed. It's much, yes. m- much deeper heart thing. Go, go uh, into, love go, the Lord your God. Go into that a little bit more because I think we don't get that, you know, because because mm. we hear listen and we go, okay, I'm yeah. listening. Like like a teenager, yeah. you know, you're talking to your teenage child. Are you listening to me? Yes, yeah. I'm listening. And they repeat back word for word what yeah. you're saying. Moses doesn't mean just listen or hear. Yeah, he doesn't right. talk. He's not talking about, you know, have the ability to repeat back yep. even the words that I'm telling yep. you. It's greater than even memorizing this verse. What does this word mean? And is there a better English translation that we could have? Um, uh, perhaps, uh, and I'm just looking up some notes because I just read something about this uh, recently. Um, I think the the idea of um, of heeding, because it's not just listen. Just listen to this. Uh, there's a there's a willing listenness. Like lean into this. Um, really get this. Uh, hear the heart of God in this. Take this seriously. Give this ultimate your ultimate consideration. Uh, that's what that that's what really listening. And they really actually it highlights the fact that there's only one way to listen to God. If you don't listen like that, you don't actually hear. Wow. So wow. so for yep, example, yep, yep. you could tell me, hey Matt, I really I want you to go and I want you to do this, right? And I could yep. hear you. I could listen to you and not take you very seriously, which I'm sure sometimes you think that when you give me advice that I don't take you very seriously. <laughs> Have you been reading my yeah. diary again? So, <laughs> but but it would be possible for me to Listen to your advice yeah. and not take it seriously. Yeah. With God, if I don't take it seriously, I don't actually even hear. Wow. Like I, like I actually don't hear God unless my heart is so oriented that I do take it seriously. And the reason is, is because God won't be less than God. So he won't be an external sound or an ex- or he won't be anything to us if he if we don't actually experience him as the absolute as the one whom we give absolute regard for. So you know the experience of if you feel like you know I um you know maybe you feel like God is being silent in your situation maybe you feel like you know you're reading uh scripture and it's just you're not getting anything, or, or then uh, it's worth considering how seriously are you actually taking this? Uh, is your heart, you know, the good soil? Thinking of the the parable of the sower, yeah. You know, it's uh, Jesus often says, "He who has ears, let him hear." And what he means is, uh, uh, he, he doesn't mean. You know, this he he who can hear the physical sounds, yeah. because people were hearing the physical sounds, but there was a sense that there there really only are only is one type of people who will really hear the voice of God. Those who have ears to hear. That's right. Those who have ears to hear, and it's those who are willing to let God be God, to, willing for God to be God. That I'm going to give this absolute regard. So. Uh, you know, you get people say, well, you know, if God wants to reveal himself to me, and almost as a matter of curiosity, if, you know, I'd like to see if there is a God, and why doesn't God just uh, say, hoi, hey, I'm over here. Yeah. Well, God won't do things to satisfy curiosity or, or, or um, in that sense. He will only actually reveal himself to those who are willing for him to be who he is. 
lest lest God compromise his glory, lest God become less. This is so fundamental. God won't become less than God. So either we know him as God or he is in 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 a you know very real sense kind of hidden in some sense uh from us. Okay, so so Moses then as we break down this this amazing and this is like I think this is the beating heart mm. in Deuteronomy this passage here and yeah. you know, a lot of, a lot of um you know, commentators, a lot of uh, people who do outlines and those type of things, a lot of preachers and yeah. people who prepare sermons would go on to say that uh, in Deuteronomy chapter six, the beginning of Deuteronomy chapter six, this passage here is the, yeah. you know, the greatest commandment. We have we have Jesus quoting it in, in the New Testament. We have people, you know, talking about it, you know, yeah. here. Yeah. But Moses, I, I want I want you to break down. This is this is what I uh, I heard Matthew as as I'm listening to it, is that. Moses says, these words that I'm giving you today Mm -hmm. are to be in your heart. Now, are the words just that phrase that he said a couple of verses ago, or is it all of these commandments that he's giving? All of these commandments. Yeah. It's very much all of these commandments. This is God saying, I want... I want you to internalize this. So even the talk about them, put them on the walls, um, it's, it's not... Just a legalistic requirement to you know to write them up. It's actually that's an expression of just uh, make this part of who you are. Give this ultimate regard, you know. So talk about it when you sit down, when you rise, you know. Uh, uh, talk about it with you, with your family, and and uh, so so uh, it's there's a sense of you know give this give this ultimate regard. Now you can't control, you know, you can't control. The responses that your family will have about it, but there's, there's a sense of you need to give this, uh, all of this, first priority. That's in order that it can uh, it can become, in a heart sense, that 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 number one that number one thing, your number one regard. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah, I'm still. I, me personally, I just just to let the listener in here. This is all still very raw for me at the mm. moment. I think in me listening and going through Deuteronomy and really contemplating about obedience and blessing and what it actually means to fear the Lord. If I'm a bit feel if I sound like mm. a bit of a sun mullet today on this episode, it's because I'm still dealing with it in my mm. head and my heart before the Lord. Yeah, and and I would say coming off actually because I finished listening to I've uh, just come from being away and I finished listening to Deuteronomy. Uh, actually, on the way up in in the car, and I, th- th- there's something here I think that is a major realization for us in our culture, in which we we seem to flatten this idea of transcendence and holiness and majesty, and we, you know, um, we're very much inclined to this, you know, God is my best buddy kind of thing, and and it doesn't. The, the problem with that. Is that it's a it's a uh, it's a mis again a misapplication of the idea of grace and forgiveness and the love of God and the intimacy of God, all of which are very true. Yes. But the God who is intimate is a God who is infinitely transcendent and holy. Uh, and Old and New Testament uh, are, you know, affirming this the importance, central importance of this reverent attitude. Love the Lord your God. Um, but what is not envisaged there is just a slap on the back, God is my buddy kind of relationship. And one of the problems 
with that is that when people people's expectations are shaped by that, it leads to necessarily kind of disillusionment uh, because it just doesn't work like that. God's, you know, uh, unless we know God as God, we, we we can't know. We will know Him on His, uh, you know, on on His terms, yeah. and and those are His terms. And so, um, I feel like I'm, I am. In the also in the fairly raw stages of recognizing <laughs> what this actually means, and I feel like it's really significant. And uh, you know, while I was away, I you know went for this big long walk out in the out in the wilderness, which is always good to do. <laughs> and I and I, I was just really quite filled with this sense of the absolute greatness of God, which mean which mean, means that there is a sense in which God is is hidden from my capacities. You know, like we, we see physical objects around us, but God is so much greater than that, like infinitely greater than that, mm. that he, he'll not be reduced to a thing or an object or a... And so, so there, there, this transcendence of God means that God is very intimately present and yet in another sense hidden, that unless we're prepared to fear God and give absolute regard to him as God... Uh, th- th- there's a sense of, of, you know, because through Christ we have access to God, yeah. but you still need to come to Him as God. Yes, you can't just sort of waltz in and slap God on the back, and you know, it, it, we're and and Psalm 130 is the, is a classic expression. You know, um, if you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, mm. who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness. Therefore, you are feared. Uh, so the fear of the Lord is the you know is the result of this access that we have mm. to a holy God. Yeah, and I think that's what's being you know the, the people in in Deuteronomy these people are given access to this holy God, and this comes with enormous level of responsibility. Like this is really good, but folks, if you get this wrong, if you misuse. This, if you treat as whole, if you treat as profane things that are holy, there's kind of hell to pay. <laughs> this yeah. is the thing about Deuteronomy that it, struck me. It, it, I've, 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 what the thought that I've had because, you know, I guess in my role here, you know, with Thrive, and then, you know, the fact that I do this podcast with you at our local church, yeah, yeah. And, and we have people, you know, chatting to me about that. And I'm a bit of a public person. Like I'm out there on social mm. media a little bit more, and I do a bunch of you know mm. different stuff. I'm not wandering through the mm-hmm. wilderness like Matt, Matthew Jacoby mm. here having times with the Lord <laughs> as much as I want to be. But no, no, I'm teasing. But I seem to be out there, and I get a lot more of people talking to me, yeah, and probably a little bit more honestly yeah. than what they would come and talk yeah. to the senior pastor of the church. And so I've had many, many people go seriously, Deuteronomy. Like I, I, I nearly lost my mind with Leviticus. Like they, yeah, people I get, yeah, yeah. and I, and I've, and I always go, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. And because I, I do feel, because I've had those moments myself, but I'm now beginning to go, and I've had people literally straight up tell me, like they don't even say Leviticus or Deuteronomy. They literally say to me, Old Testament, Old yeah. Testament. Why yeah. are we in the Old Testament? And I'm like, I get a little bit shaky around that, but I'm beginning to go, man alive. Maybe it's these very books that are so dense and so hard for our modern minds to comprehend. Yeah. Wouldn't it be funny? 
wouldn't it be the funniest God thing of all that it's through these books that we don't want to read yeah. is how we actually get closest to God yeah. by understanding these books. Yeah. I think their very difficulty promises something. Yeah. Like it's their very difficulty that, that, that chal- and the fact that they challenge us the most. Yeah. I, 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 I actually thought reading through, I mean, I'm, I'm actually listening now in the book of Judges and I'm thinking, this is really tough. Like, you know, I mean, I went, you know, Deuteronomy, you know, Joshua and then into Judges and and I'm thinking, uh, this is tough going, like the Old Testament is tough going, but it it actually, I I have to adjust to it. Yeah. It's not going to adjust to me. No. So I, I'm responding to the heart. Like, it's so polarized. It's kind of really the issues uh, are serious issues that perhaps I don't take as seriously as I should. I'm having to adjust to actually accept what I'm reading. Mm. If you don't, you're just going to say, this is, it's too harsh. It's too dark. It's too, and, and actually, uh, there's a lot of light here, yeah. But it's uh, it's it's a, it's a it, fiery, blazing light that's going to burn your you know <laughs> burn your mind out. Like honestly, and and I think um, yeah, it's it's it is tough going. But I think the very as you say, the very promise lies exactly there. Because because it is it is really as I'm and I'll dare say it as as I persist with it, yeah. there is something breaking within me or some realization that I'm having mm. around God. And I'm realizing, man, now I understand more about what Jesus was saying in this passage yeah. or what Paul oh, is yeah. saying in this passage or, you know, because this, these stories mm. and these laws were in their minds and yeah. hearts. Yeah. And so as they're expressing it, it all comes out of this. Yeah. And I, and I feel like as the modern church who wants to skip over these parts and just get to the good bits in Jesus, mm. we're so shallow. Yeah. I'm so shallow in yeah. my understanding of it. Yeah. Because I'm not going into the deep roots of what's actually yeah. going on here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, totally. I think, I think it'd be good to talk through some just general features of yeah. the laws. So we've, to- we've talked about this, you know, this relational element. You know, God is looking for the hearts of people to be inclined. There's this idea of that is necessary because we, we need a listening heart, as it were, in order to know God. There's a level of, of softness, of uh, porousness that is yeah. required to allow God allow ourselves to be handled by God. So, you know, in, in this sense, the word is a living thing. It's something that handles us. And if you're not willing to be kind of manhandled by the word of God and transformed by it, it'll bounce off you and, and it'll 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 that will feel like spiritual deafness. So I think that's the first thing. It's a book that's calling us to decision. It's a decision really is the key idea is a key idea in this book. Uh, because God is saying to his people, I've done all of these things. The yeah. problem with the former generation is that they chose against following me. So now you, yes. you need to make different decisions. Yeah. Uh, it's And so there's so much is put onto these people. You know, uh, you can, it's like, it can be, this life can be heaven or hell for you, uh, depending on the decisions that you make. Okay. So I'm telling you, walk this way. But if you reject my, you know, if you reject this, 
so very strong emphasis on this idea that they get to determine. We, we as human beings have given, in, in some sense, the dreadful, and I mean that in a positive sense, if that's possible, yeah. the dreadful responsibility, uh, like dreadful yeah. in the sort of an, an original meaning of that um, word of sort of dread, awe and dread and uh, of self-determination. I mean, we, our decisions have eternal consequences for us. So, making the right decision, you know, and that comes through in the book of Deuteronomy. Then to get into some of the, and, and I think this is an, another important thing, is that the, the, the laws of Deuteronomy given against the backdrop of an ancient world, first of all, an ancient world steeped in idolatry that we need to realize is not harmless, uh, just that it's in the sense that it's just falsehood, you know. Uh, it's a harmless lie. No, they actually, um, they were about to go into a land permeated with cults of such a of such a depth of evil, uh, real dark spiritual powers mm. permeated that land. This is the very reason why. I mean, this is the reason cited as to why God says go and destroy absolutely everything, because I'm sending you into the darkest place on the planet. Like this is the darkest spiritual valley on the planet. Mm. This is why God chooses that place, according to what it actually says. Yeah. You know, because God says to it's not because of you and your righteousness that I. It's because of the sin of the Canaanites that. Yeah. yeah. And so, so He's sending them into this really deep dark place, and He's saying you need to eradicate all of that spiritual darkness. Mm. Uh, and so, so they're going into this um, this situation. Uh, they need to be a light in the midst of the darkness. That's actually their, you know, yeah. God has put him into the dark, darkest place to be a light. Yeah. Uh, the laws uh, are designed to actually be intelligible to ancient peoples. This is an important point because we look at the laws and we think that they're, they're kind of unintelligible to us because we are living three and a half thousand years later. Yeah. Um, but these laws are actually meant to be intelligible to them. So they can't be too different to laws that they're familiar with, you know, in, in the ancient world. Um, there's got to be some element of crossover. So, and, and as we see, you know, scholars have studied the, the, the you know, the done con- contrasts and comparisons with other ancient Near Eastern laws. Yep. And there are similarities, uh, a concern for social order, general social justice mm-hmm. um protection of you know prop you know property and various things um however there are some key differences in the ancient world protection of the order meant protection of the social order it didn't mean changing upturning the social order of you know the high caste people and the low caste people mm-hmm. uh whereas uh, the biblical law obliterates that kind of mm. those social distinctions. Uh, absolutely obliterates them. Mm. You know, so uh, you know, property is redistributed. You know, every uh, after forty nine years, yeah. complete redistribution. Debts are to be cleared. Uh, completely, all debts are to be dissolved after yeah. seven years. Slaves are to go free. Um, so, you know, this is. In the context of the Asian world, this is just remarkable. And to see, the idea here is this this isn't a law protecting the king and a nobility. Uh, this is a law to which the king himself yes. is yes. Yes. Uh, is answerable. Okay, so this that's another unique feature. This isn't the king handing the law as part of his 
uh, responsibility of keeping order. Now, he himself actually is comes under this law and is accountable to the blessings and curses uh, of the law. Um, this strong heart element of the, this isn't just eth- ethics. God's not just in, it's not, this is not just a law that's just about you doing the right thing and I don't care whether you want to or not. Yeah. No, God cares that we want to. Yeah. Wanting to, in fact, is the key uh, aspect here. So that's another very important, um, another important uh, element of the Old Testament law. Um, the uh, things like, um, you know, other interesting points of contrast are, uh, you know, protection of all peoples and all life, including, uh, you know, the land has a Sabbath. Uh, your animals also observe the Sabbath. Yes. Uh, you know, do not muzzle the ox while it's treading out the grain. Yeah. Uh, you know, concern for the welfare. It's like everyone is everyone and everything is protected uh, by this law. All. Uh, all classes, you know, uh, not, well, I mean, as I said, it, it gets rid of class. But, uh, for example, slavery, which was uh, just part of the ancient world, it uh, doesn't outright say abolish slavery, but it is transformed to the point where it really doesn't look like the slavery. slavery in the other it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It, you know, uh, and also, you know, slaves were permitted to go free. And the other interesting thing, um, if uh, this is in – uh, for example, in the law of Hammurabi's law, which is an ancient um, Babylonian law, uh, to harbour an escaped slave was an offence under that ancient law. If you, you know, if you didn't send that slave back uh, to be obviously be punished by his master, then uh, you know, according to the law of Hammurabi, you were culpable. It's the opposite under the biblical law. You you are not to send back. Yeah. An escape slave. If a slave comes to you, uh, then you actually need to look after him and not send him back. Uh, so that's that's an interesting feature uh, of the Old Testament uh, law as well. The other thing that is quite uh, ubiquitous in ancient laws is that uh, children can can be uh, given over as um, payment for the sins of the parents. Yeah. So you know if uh, so your you know. If you do this and this, you have to give over your son and daughter, son or daughter, you know, uh, to be killed. Um, whereas uh, in the biblical law, and again, against the ancient backdrop, this is quite a remarkable change, is that that sh- could never happen. Each person is culpable for their own uh, for their own sins. Yeah. So this is all part of the bulk of the book in the in the center of the book as Moses sort of retells the history sort of captures you know gets everybody caught up with their history at the beginning yep. you know six or seven or eight chapters there and then he really goes into as you're as you're outlining here mm. he he retells the law in a you know, in some parts expanded yeah. and in some parts simplified version. Yeah. Th- that's what's going to concern these young people, this younger generation, yeah. as they go into this new land, and yeah. he's and he's extolling them in different, you know, re, you know, clarifying, you know, how things are to be judged, clarifying how things are going to work as they enter into the land, yeah. and it's and you've got to listen to it in the in the minds in that mindset of this is a new people. They're learning from the mistakes of of their of their you know their fathers and their grandfathers. Yeah. They're looking ahead about what is going to happen. Yeah. What do we have to keep in mind as we're about to finally enter into this promised land? And it's mm. all very. I want to say, you know, I don't know if this is the right word, Matt. Maybe maybe fix it for me. But it's very conditional. 
You know what 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 Moses is saying is God has promised all these things, but it's conditional. Here's the conditions yeah. as you enter into the land. If you do this, a great yeah. blessing is going to come. You'll be you'll be yeah. you're righteous. You will. This is how you re- get righteousness by by doing these things and being close to the Lord. Uh, you know. And he really outlines some very practical things for them to yeah, do. But it's not it's were. not conditional in the sense that you earn God's favor no. in this way. No, uh, it's it's this is how you live in blessing. It's like you know, blessing isn't just a a free gift that gets sent to you yes. regularly. And you can do uh, it whatever yeah, you want. Yeah, blessing is a state of being, right? So, okay. uh, a state of blessedness is, you know, it's pictured in Psalm 1 as like the fruitful tree whose leaves never wither. And, you know, God is saying that you will be like that, you know. Yeah. And and because, remember, this is not just a an, – there's, there's a very specific purpose here. It's that they would be fruitful, that they would be a light to the nations. Uh, that's what it means to be f- full of light – and to radiate that light is that state of blessing. So, you know, God is saying, I want to bless you and I want you to be a blessing, but you've actually got to, you've got to do what I say. You've got to stick with me uh, for that. So, so condition might not be the right word. It might be a way of looking at it like, I want you to be a blessing and this is what it looks like when you are living in that blessing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so you actually, in the same way as Abraham needed to leave and go with God, this is basically saying the same thing. You, you need to come, you need to walk with me closely, and that's yeah. this is what this actually means uh, to do that. So it's it's conditional in that sense that they have to stick with God. These are blessings are found in God, and they have to stick with God. Yes. Um, it, it's not... Like, oh, God's going to just follow me around and bless. Cause, and I think a lot of sometimes, again, this is a misapplication of this idea that, you yeah. know, in Jesus, we have forgiveness and we can just go about our lives and God's going to be a little genie yeah. who follows us around, you know, blessing us with whatever we need. Oof. No, 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 no. That's not the plan. The plan is that God is God and that, and, and he has an absolute claim on our yes. lives and we stick with God. Uh, so, um, so, you know, and we have access to that blessing yeah. through Jesus Christ. You don't have to earn access to that, uh, but when once you get access, you actually need to access it. Yeah, and yeah. you access it by turning around from going the wrong way and start going the right way with God. That's what we have access to. Yeah. So, around, so let's just as we're running out of time here, yep. the last you know the last uh, you know eight or ten chapters here of the book, from about chapter twenty six, twenty seven onwards mm. to the end, Moses wraps up sort of retelling the law. He yep. gives them some personal encouragement. Mm. He gives them some personal commands. Make sure you do this as you enter here and here. Uh, remember the covenant. You know, write these things on some stones over here and put them over there. All these yep. like little practical thing that Moses is doing. Them. Yep. He he really outlines in chapter twenty eight. This is what it means to be obedient and being blessed. This is what it means to be, you know, disobedient mm. and be cursed. He sort of goes on that. He exhorts them as the next generation not to do the things that the, the, you know, the generation before them did. He goes on. And then finally, towards the end, it builds up to a crescendo. He takes Joshua and he says, Joshua, you are my replacement. Mm. You are the man yeah. that God is going to use to do this. Mm. The things that I could not do, Joshua, yeah. you're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he gives, uh, you know, uh, he talks to the Levites yep. again. He commands them. He uh, sings a song. He has yep. poetry. Yep. He does all these beautiful things at the end. And then he's, you know, giving God glory. And then he says, it's time for me to go. And up Nebo, he climbs by himself. 
Yeah. And he, uh, you know, sees the promised land that he never entered, the whole thing mm. that he was, he was destined to do, that he forfeited himself out of that generation. He sees it, God shows it to him, and he passes away. Yeah, and... And we should say enters into the real promised land, <laughs> uh, uh, because yeah, the the land of Canaan is, was really just a kind of provisional uh, prefigurement yeah. uh, of something greater. Uh, and, and I want, I don't want, I, don't, I know, far in the future, months and months mm. from now, we'll get we'll get into the book of Joshua, which is like the yeah, sequel. Yeah, you know, that's the, right. The, yeah, the, and, the sequel of this. Yeah, and and. and for the most part, let me just let everybody be assured, this next generation, they were listening. Mm. In that way that you've described to be listening, taking yeah. it to heart and ready to do, we see that Joshua and Caleb and, and, the, and the men who were following him, they were listening. Yeah. On the most part, there's a, yeah. we get a few exceptions, yeah. but my goodness, were they, they, they were really listening. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting, you know. Even I mean, I've I've stood on Mount Nebo, and and you you know you look across it on a clear day, you know you're basically looking across the Dead Sea Basin, and and I I find that, you know, like even the symbolism of where Moses was, and that he looks across what is the lowest place on earth, uh, uh, you know, this Dead Sea. Um, <laughs> And on the other side of that is the promised land. There's something about that, the sort of symbolism of that, that, yeah. that hasn't, you know, is not lost lost to me when I stand in that place. Because it's a beautiful view, um, uh, but you're looking across, you know, yeah, you're looking uh, across essentially the sort of northern uh, end of the Dead Sea and, and that idea of it, it's sort of through this low and dead area uh, on the other side of this. And, and you know, Moses... Moses himself dies and and he's you know enters into the real promised land but there there is this this moment here that really prepares us for an amazing story that's going to follow and and that is preempted by the last sort of few chapters there in Deuteronomy this you know almost this inevitability you're going to stray away and all of these terrible things are going to happen. But God says, but listen, you remember this, that if you cry out to me, uh, I'll forgive you if, and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll draw you back to myself and we'll start over. Yeah. And, and this is the beautiful thing about this, that if we make the wrong decision, we can always make the right decision. As long as we live, we can start afresh. We can come back to God. I know it's this... Yes, it seems so harsh and it's so polarized here and there's a sternness in God, but it's always grace is always the last word here. And and I and I'm um and I think this is a really poignant point for us that when we make the wrong decision, when we get it wrong, you might think I've made decisions, have I forfeited, you know, have I forfeited everything? No, actually God's plan uh goes on and you can step back. Uh, you can step back on track uh, at any point, and so there's that always that. And what we see in the story to follow is the all of the things described in Deuteronomy. Uh, in fact, the history from Joshua through to Second Kings is uh, referred to by scholars as the Deuteronomistic history, mm. uh, because it's all everything that's written in Deuteronomy kind of actually happens and is played out in these books. And in many ways, this book, these are showing really the fulfillment of the, you know, implicit, you know, promises and warnings uh, that are written in Deuteronomy. And yet 
whenever God's people cry out, God hears and answers and restores them. There's always good news in the end. I don't know if you could feel it as much as I could, but I feel like God is really calling us to something deeper, to something more about himself through the book of Deuteronomy. Of all things, through the book of Deuteronomy, through these sermons from Moses. Who would have thought that this would all happen from the book of Deuteronomy? Well, I hope you're enjoying it as much as I am. Make sure you stick around for uh, in, in a fortnight's time when we get into Deuteronomy part two. And then we're going to leave the Old Testament behind us for a little while as we go into the New Testament. It's going to be very exciting. That's on future episodes moving ahead. And don't forget everything I've told you about Facebook, Instagram, all the changes on our social media. We would love you to be part of it and part of this thriving, see what I did there, thriving community. If you need any more information about it, all just head over to thrivetoday.tv. All right, until next time, bless you. And we hope this helps you to thrive. Thanks for listening to this episode of Thrive Deeper. Matthew and DJ really appreciate the questions and thoughts about what you're reading in the Bible as you go through it with Thrive. Our home on the internet is thrivetoday.tv. You can contact us, ask questions, see all of our resources and much more at our website, thrivetoday.tv. The Thrive Today Network is on Facebook. Our Facebook page and links to our community groups are waiting for you. Just search and like Thrive Today page in Facebook now. Visit ratethispodcast.com slash thrive deeper. If you appreciate what we do and want to help us reach more people, go to ratethispodcast.com slash thrive deeper. Until next time, our prayer is that these shows will inspire you to go deeper into God's Word and thrive. This was another DJP.FM production.